Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take me to the king. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to the Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to this week's Sunrise Project call. I'm so grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for our village. I'm grateful for my family and friends and love. And I am honored and delighted to um, be here this morning with Kyle, um, who's home from Atlanta. Before we do that, I will just do the serenity prayer like I always do. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This morning, Kyle, who is our 19-year-old, and the reason the Sunrise Project was born is here with us for part two of our conversation on compassion and acceptance, and importantly for us, how to communicate with one another. So Dr. Linda McGee will guide our conversation this morning. We left the conversation by talking a lot about the past and what I felt like that we could talk more of and hear more of from Kyle was just how expectations shaped how you got to where you are and what you felt like the impact of the expectations of your parents were. And being at Whitman, which is a really competitive high school, how did like those expectations from your parents and the people around you impact you? I think it's a lot of pressure at first. Um, just like 
I wanted to like obviously reach my parents like expectations and I feel like they were probably pretty high at first and I feel like a lot of people feel like that with what did what how high what expectations did they set for you that you felt so, that were high well I, I at the time I didn't think they were high because I just like it's how I was raised so I just like I actually try to meet them and I would feel bad if I didn't meet them but just like straight A's in all my classes just like all my homework assignments and stuff which isn't like the homework and stuff like that is normal like I'm not gonna be upset about that but just like straight A's in the classes that I was taking was difficult sometimes and with the swimming how did that how did the expectations change with that when you went to high school um I took a I had a really big jump in my swim career from like eighth grade to freshman year and mm-hmm. I just like grew a lot and got a lot better. And I had climbed my rankings a lot in swimming and I was doing pretty well. And so my parents would have me like anytime I would miss a practice would be like really upset. And we would always be talking about the best times or trying to look at like little things I did in my races, which was cool because I was trying to get better. But it was also just like a lot, especially like there's 12 other kids in the country I'm trying to like beat it's like hard getting there to like the best after a certain level I don't know it's a lot of it take a lot of discipline that I didn't necessarily have at the time did you want to those swimming goals did you want to be the best because I know when you take the I know when you take that jump to the adult swim it's difficult so did you want to make that turn yeah, I just, well, I'm, I feel like I'm a very, like, competitive person, so like, I just, like, I didn't like the sport, but I didn't want to lose also at the same time. But at the same time, you started feeling the pressures? And I thought it was interesting, he said I didn't like the sport, so I don't think we realized that, like, right, like, to really have to work that hard at something you don't like, like, none of us want to do that. It's like having a job you don't like, you know? So you say you like the competitiveness of it, but you didn't like the sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like winning, but I, I don't like the sport. Would you have left swimming at that time? When did you actually leave swimming? Like probably middle of sophomore year. I was at, at the beginning of sophomore year. I was still like, I was smoking a lot and just like hanging with a lot of people I shouldn't have been hanging with. But I was still like going to practices. Like I hadn't let it go yet. So I definitely think pressures were coming into play in that aspect because I hadn't. Mm-hmm really considered quitting yet even though I wanted to you didn't consider it but do you think like some of the things that you were doing kind of like reflected the pressures that you were under yeah yeah for sure that's awesome like I, I didn't consider it but I was doing things that would would show that I didn't want to swim like I was not like skipping practices going out of the house on the weekends like not eating the proper diet and stuff I should be eating considering I was trying to be at a higher level in swimming do you have regrets about the swimming leaving it i don't have any regrets i live with regrets i learned from anything so i mean i made a lot of mistakes but i don't don't have regrets start clean with clorox because clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget (laughs) well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox 
Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Kelly, can you talk a little bit about like what your thoughts are now listening to him talk about his expectations mm-hmm. or his thoughts about your expectations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what I've learned through the Sunrise Project over the last couple of years is just the importance of not putting that pressure on our kids. So every time I hear him talk about that, it breaks my heart, honestly. So what we're doing with Christopher is the opposite, quite frankly. It's like, there's no pressure. He likes to swim. I think he likes it. But, you know, if he gets a B or a C or worse, we're like, okay, that's okay. You know, let's do better next time. Let's figure out what we can do differently. So there's a significant amount of, there's a significant change in the amount of pressure that we have in the house. So can I, can I add something to that? Uh-huh, of course. So, Good morning, Keith. Um, Hey, hi, good morning, guys. So what is important to to recognize and understand from a parent standpoint is that um for what we thought was support, mm. as we hear him as we hear him talking, and a lot of times can can play out as pressure. So for us, what we were calling ourselves doing was supporting something that he wanted to do. Now the 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 piece about, you know, the missing of practice and so forth when you know, again, Kelly and I have talked about this ad nauseum, was not so much about the actual, we need you to be a swimmer, as opposed to a character um, trait of, you know, don't make commitments and don't keep them. Because even even one of the biggest, should have been an aha moment, well, one of the biggest aha moments that we should have had was a really big meet that he was set to go to, but he didn't want to go to, and he stayed up, you know, it was like we got to wake up at four in the morning to take him. And it was a big commitment for us as well, which, you know, we were willing to do. But it was more so about at, you know, an hour before the time to leave for a meet that you've already sort of committed to with your team, you can't just quit. So ours, ours, what was reading for him as us forcing him to swim for us was more so about we need you to be a person of, of integrity when you make a decision to do something, you do it. Or if you don't want to do it, to say you don't want to do it, but not at the last second. So we had even said, yeah, you can quit, but quit after this meet because you've already committed to this. So some of those things where we were probably inflexible um, were seemingly inflexible for him and it seeming like it was all about to swim um, was really us trying to build a, a person of integrity and, and, and you know, building those those sort of principles in them and, and the same thing with school is that was almost a because of how we had to sort of struggle to get where we are and, and dealt with school you know not skipping school and, and not getting A's and B's it was, was not even an option especially when you have all the resources and stuff around you so that's sort of a probably perspective that a lot of parents in our similar situation will have in reference to the school piece and in, and in reference to the integrity piece but at the same time one of the things we learned through therapy and and lots of conversations is sometimes relationship over task like okay what's more important relationship with this particular task but do you think keith and kelly that the pressure that that kyle was feeling kind of came out in his like not showing up and doing those things like at the last second or things like that in a very teenage way Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, Kyle just wanted to be a teenager. I think that's what I've learned. He wanted to be a kid and we were not allowing that. And so that is the big lesson, I think, 
for me, um, you know, letting kids be kids. Sharon always talks about letting them be. Like they want to sleep in, they want to sleep in, let them sleep in. It's not a big deal. And so learning that sooner versus later, I think is so important as parents um, to let kids be kids. And also as what Keith just said, focus on the relationship instead of being right. That's hard for me. And Kyle knows even this past weekend, we've had, you know, a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, again, a relationship over, over task is, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do, especially when there's certain things that have just been in your mind, just the way they have to be. I, I find that because of my particular circumstance, I, I, I can almost see both sides of the situation. Like for me, he mentioned he smoked a lot and all that. That was just such a no, no way, no, no how, mainly because again, growing up in a certain situations, growing up in lower class Baltimore with drugs and, and crime and all that around me every single day and having to navigate that with no support and no, you know, no additional parent figure and it, I'm like, listen, if I can get through this and not ever want to smoke or do drugs when, you know, I literally could have just, you know, stepped out of my door and found weed and whatever. And I had to purposely navigate around it to have someone who, do- who doesn't have any of those um, triggers in my mind. Seems like it should be easy to get through this. Like, why is that even a, a thought? But, you know, we have to realize that each each person's journey is their journey and not and not ours. So as much as I was like, this is never, like smoke never, go to college, absolutely. Don't get less than this grade, absolutely. I thought those were just a given with with no flexibility. So just being able to um, acknowledge that his path is not necessarily a path that we had drawn out for him was a big, is a major big step. And, and it continues to be one that we have to keep resetting on. It's like, okay, this is not the path that we picked for him or that we imagined from the time he was born or even before, but it's still his path. And we have to try to figure out how to, how to be um, supportive without being controlling and, and, um, and rigid. Yeah. Like Kelly said, you've gone in the opposite direction with Chris, but there has to be a balance because many of us, as particularly those of us with boy children know that nothing's going to happen without a little bit of press. Right. You know, without a little bit of parent helping to organize and structure their lives. But by the same token, you know, too much pressure, too much stress, too much pushing can have, you know, negative effects. But, you know, all the studies say that some stress is okay, Right. So putting a little bit of stress on our children and structuring their lives and help is okay. Keith, I wanted to go back to your point and I want Kelly to chime in here about how we shape our expectations, which I've been doing, thinking a lot about because I had a call with Kelly or a text with Kelly last week where I was talking about a child who who had died by suicide because of a lack of admission to a college. And I think our backgrounds and how we grew up, particularly growing up at African-Americans, we want our kids to do as best we can because we see that they can become statistics if we don't. And so, Kelly, I just want to ask you before I go back to Kyle, like, what were your expectations? How do you think your expectations were set when you were younger in terms of, you know, how you grew up? Sure. So um, 
Kelly commented, we grew up in a, the same environment on the same street, actually, in Shaker Heights, Ohio, which was middle class, you know, environment. You know, the school was really diverse. And there were expectations, just like he said, for my parents, who um, at the time hadn't finished. My dad never finished college, but there were expectations from when we were little girls, my sister and myself, that we would finish high school, go to college, get a job, you know, et cetera. And so that was just instilled. It wasn't even a conversation. So I think similarly, that was my belief system that, you know, what you do, you should do is this path, you know, finish high school, go to college, get a job, maybe go get a master's degree, et cetera. So that's how I was raised. And there was a very strong work ethic in my house um, and very strong core family values. We ate dinner together, went to church, you know, some of those basic core, I say basic, but having a strong foundation of faith and love and communication and togetherness was really important. Kelly, one of the expectations that you had that you and I talked about over the years was also within a time frame. Right. We always, you know, because I do a lot of work with kids that are in similar situations with Kyle, I've been trying to impart that the time frame doesn't have to be when you're 17 or when you're 19, you know, or when you're 21. So I was, you know, wanting to sort of acknowledge that you and I've had that time frame before I go back to Kyle. Kyle. So now we're here. We had various expectations of you. You have expectations of yourself, right? What are, what are they? You know, what were they and what are they now? What do you expect from yourself? Before, that's a good question. I was probably expecting to go to college and swim at college. You mean like, like back when I was swimming? And I, mm-hmm. I was definitely expecting to continue my education at college swim my college probably study marketing and do something along that aspect I don't know like I hadn't completely thought about that in terms of my future and in terms of career but I did want to do something in marketing probably like television and then more recently I've been focused on my music passion and I'm living in Atlanta working my mom's helped me and both my parents are supportive of my goals and I'm just working my way to the top. How do you think that your parents can help you now shape where you want to go? I think just being supportive. It's uh, a lot of parents wouldn't have been like, yeah, like I'm okay with that. Or like my mom literally pays like the rent of my place. All I have to pay is the bills as long as I like I, I work. Party City is like a 20 minute walk to the Metro, then like 30 minute ride then 30 minute walk to work. And then I just help a bunch of customers. I come home, I make music, my dinner, like laundry, all that stuff. And then wake up in the morning and do it again. And my mom, if it wasn't for my mom, and my parents, I wouldn't be able to be in the location I am in, have some of the connections that I do have. So I am very grateful in that aspect. You say you want them to be supportive. Do you still have feelings about like your high school years? Do you wish that your parents had been more permissive, less permissive? Um, I, I like, I don't necessarily wish anything changed because I probably wouldn't have had all the therapy in my head as I do. But I, yeah, like I like 
in in a golden world, yeah, I would probably want to be able to go out more and and stuff like that. But it wasn't like at at this point in time, I don't wish it changed. Just because I was able to gain a lot from each of the different places, like different skills, how to deal with people I don't want to deal with, how to like live with people I don't want to deal with. So if I ever have to work with people I don't want to deal with, I know how to, how to be able to communicate with therapists, what like a lot of therapists are trying to ask of me. So I'm like perspective wise, being able to understand more people because of the different areas that they're from or different parental situations. I'm like, some of the situations are actually bad. Like I'm like, I don't have, like, I, of course I was, I went through mental health, like a crisis, like where I was in a completely helpless state but some of those kids are like born into a position where they have like no choice but to go into that state. I'm like, your your mom like doesn't care about you. Like your pops like isn't in your life. Like type of kids. I'm like that sucks. So I I at least have parents that care about me and support me. So I can't ever like be not that grateful, even though even though like it sucks sometimes. He's talking about the different therapeutic places that he um, went to. Yeah, wilderness was crazy. For sure. The second place I think was probably I got the most out of therapeutically because it was a lot of kids with similar problems to me, like depression and like drugs and anxiety type of kids and a lot of spoiled kids and stuff like that. So it was a lot more relatable than like kids that were court ordered there and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Which is what he's saying. Wilderness was the worst thing that we could have ever done. No, I just like I. But I, I learned like both. Like I was able to have. I did have to deal with people that were like actually bad people, but like because of situation, and and then I it helped me realize like they're not actually bad. They just like did bad things that required them to be court ordered there. But it was like given their situations, I couldn't even blame them. But at first, I wouldn't have said that. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. I mean, you bring up two points that, you know, show a a heck of a lot of maturity. One is that you see that these kids are a product of their circumstances. That's right. You know, and that you have compassion for them is is really wonderful. And you also see that those programs oftentimes are not appropriate for people who don't have those backgrounds because they can really, really be harsh. And you have to sign over parental rights. Through your, through your journey, Kyle, did you meet people that, that really helped in any of these systems with the therapists and the staff and? Some kids, like each place, like I had people like that kind of helped get me through it for sure. Like I like would try to find the more positive things because there's nothing, I'm not going to sit there and like sulk or, or just be depressed. Like I can't, like the only way you get out of those places is to actually go into the system or like put yourself into this that you have to like show that you're putting forth an effort so I would definitely make a lot of connections with like therapists and counselors and 
some of my other friends because I wanted to get out of there. But at the same time, like I actually had to put in the work. So then the therapy like ends up applying because you have to, you can't really fake it. One of the things you said recently, Linda, was that because I said, Would you be con- would you consider doing therapy again? One day he said, sure, yeah. And then what he just articulated was that he learned a lot about therapy and that he knows so much because of the many hours he spent. I was I, I was it. actually gonna ask you, Kyle, what I didn't I didn't I don't mean therapeutic, but I wonder if you feel like you need more support right now because it seems like you're working and you're progressing, but I'm wondering in addition to your parents, what other supports you might need or want? Yeah, I actually, I haven't made that many friends in Atlanta. I have not been that outgoing. Like I have my two neighbors that I'm friends with. They go to Georgia State. Other than that, I just been like, when I'm not working, I just like normally sit and record. And it can be lonely sometimes. Like I have like my girlfriend who's at VCU. So I've been getting to see her like a good amount, like every other week, basically. And that's actually been like a good incentive for me. Um, mm-hmm. like if I if I get my work done like this weekend, I put my head down and get all this stuff done, then I get to see my girl at the end of the week, which is nice. And she also supportive of my goals. So that's that's really nice. Like having someone that I can talk to about my music and what I want to do and like have them like actually support it and like me for it is cool but yeah it's it's definitely work in progress uh making more connections and networking I just haven't been out there that long to be completely honest do you think that do you think that you have social nervousness or anxiety to get out there and meet more people no definitely not I just don't I don't trust a lot of people I, I'm just careful who I trust because like, I, like I, I meet a lot of people and I'm chill with a lot of people like acquaintances with a lot of people but there's a lot of people I wouldn't have like in my house mm-hmm. all right but you think that you could use more social just acquaintances but it's hard it's a hard thing for you yeah all right yeah because I want people with like a similar goal but that are that don't want to take away from mine also so it's hard to find someone like that unless they are coming from a similar situation or already have you know so i guess some people like try to step on other people in order to get like to to go up i'm like i'd rather someone that like would go up with me mm-hmm. so i don't know mm-hmm. i'm a hard person like, to earn like trust from Kelly and Keith, I want to just open it up to you because we said a lot about expectations and then we talked about the here and now and dreams. And just what are your thoughts hearing all of this, you know, and what's running through your mind? I'll start with you, Kelly. Yeah, I think hearing Kyle talk about his dreams is, you know, really a positive thing. As he said, we're supportive and want him to achieve everything he sees for himself. And also hearing him say he knows it's hard work is important, I think, for me, especially um, for both of us. So I think Kyle's such an incredible communicator, as you hear and see, um, has so many opportunities and possibilities in store for him. So just really grabbing it is, is what I want him to do, like have that work ethic, have that hustle, you know, to just go make it happen. So I'm encouraged by what I'm hearing 
you know, we still have our issues. We still have challenges. Kyle and I are very similar people. And so I have, uh, and we're both sensitive and all that good stuff, but I have hope listening to him. Keith, do you have anything? Yeah. So hearing him talk, the, the thing, the first thing that stood out was as, as we listened to him, you talk about that daily grind of getting up, working, working really hard, coming home, eating, going to sleep, get up, work, just, just to be able to get back to work again is one of the things that we've always, you know, I, I wake up and fall asleep a lot of nights worried that, you know, he ends up on that rat, on that rat wheel or hamster wheel that probably 90% of the com- country has where you just have to work your entire life and you never get to see what the, the benefits of it other than making enough money to get back to work the next week. So again, having achieved some level of success, that's always one of the that's that's been one of the primary reasons that we do what we do is to try to get them to avoid that super hard grind. But but again, learn is you can't vicariously get experience. You have to actually live it. So that's hard. And even the sports thing, like um, I have, especially early on when we were starting to, this this interesting path that we're on. You know, taking them back to where I grew up and, you know, showed them lots of people that I went to high school with who were talented or had athletics or whatever that are still in the same place that they they were when I left them 30 years ago. Um, In particular, like a a kid that I went to high school with that was a good athlete and a good student that I left to go to to, uh, college. And I remember waving as I drove off. He was standing on this corner. I came back 20 years later. He's still on the corner, but now he's you know, a drug addict and he's begging for money. So those horrible real life instances always haunt me. He's got several people in his family from my side, for sure, that had great opportunities in athletics. My brother, um, for example, um, the, the entire neighborhood thought he would be, you know, in the NBA. He was a very good athlete, very good um, basketball player, a lot of people who currently are in NBA all on the same level that he was, but stuck to it. And, you know, he, a lot of times sounded like Kyle. So it's, it's like terrifying because he would go play in a big game, score 30 points, come home, get with a bunch of girls, smoke weed all night. And then got to college on scholarship and flamed out because he couldn't stop um, with all the other things, you know, smoking weed or whatever, eventually ended up losing his scholarship, never finished. And, you know, I see him struggle with, you know, just making it and knowing, you know, like all the potential he had. It's just hard. I mean, it's, it's terrifying to think, well, man, he had so much potential. And again, he's he's healthy and alive and living, but it's always like you don't want somebody to be resentful of what opportunities were there that they didn't take advantage of and you can't see it in the moment and then you know 20 years later you're like wow we're watching basketball and i hear sometimes we see a lot of those folks who played professionally that he was basically better than and who are you know rich and settled and i can see it like the the resent and regret and and it's, it's horrible so those types of things always worry me so as much as, you know, we want to support and, you know, help him with with his dreams, it's always that in the back of your mind, like, oh, God, please don't let him wake up 20 years from now and realize that, you know, he's working 
58, 60 hours a week to be able to just get to the next thing, or he's in a relationship and he's got kids or a wife and he's just a bitter, mean man because he didn't get to live his dreams. So those are all important and parts of how I operate, I know. And and that's your fear that 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 circumstances are making it such that you don't think that Kyle will will get there or you think that he's missing opportunities? Not that I don't think he'll get there. Just that, you know, because Kyle is extremely intelligent and very, you know, he has everything. He has all the tools that he needs. It all comes to decisions. And again, as a child, you don't know what the results of your decisions are. We, I mean, might be later. So we want to try to, that's why we're so hell-bent on try to get this out of the way, you know, finish your school, you can do it because you're smart enough, or go to college because you had an opportunity, swimming could pay for college, or or your your grades could have gotten you into college, and as, as any parent was, like, you, there's no book on this, there's no right or wrong way to do it, what we know is certain things work, but there are also other things that work, like, we know going to school, getting an education, getting a college, getting a degree will put you in a better position to be successful, we know this, but we also know that, you know, Diddy didn't finish college and now he's almost a billionaire. So it's it's a, it's a crapshoot out here. We always just try to get the best hand possible to play the game. So we were just worried about giving him the best resources, the best chance to be successful. But Keith and Kelly, do you, are you now moving toward a position where you're releasing that, some of the pressure you're putting on yourself to get a certain result? Absolutely. There's, we talked a lot about protecting our peace and also letting him be and walk his own path and his own journey. And that's what we're doing. So yes, completely have let that go, right? Let that go. Like the vision that he talked about, that's our vision. That was our vision. His vision is his vision. And our goal is to allow him to walk that path, walk his journey, create his dreams um, make those dreams come true. I think the only challenge I have personally is sometimes that work ethic, you know, like the hustle, the grind, like people that really are successful have to put in the work, hard work, you know, and sometimes it's working around the clock. It's working two, three, four jobs if necessary, you know, until you have enough money to get in the studio or whatever it is, to buy a car, whatever that is that you need for yourself. I think that is where sometimes we go awry because I get frustrated when I don't see that as much as I would like to see. And I'm saying that to Kyle because he knows I've said this before to him. So this is nothing new. That's where we have clashes sometimes. Um, but other than that, Kyle's walking his own path and uh, our, we're hopeful and have faith that he'll get there. Um, I think the other biggest worry is the marijuana and the nicotine, quite honestly. And um, Kyle has expressed you know, no desire to stop or quit. And so that's been really hard as well. You know, I pulled up to pick him up from the airport the other day and he was, I saw the smoke, you know, he vapes, I guess. And um, just is, it's a fact. And so that's hard though to see, because I know as an adult, what that's doing to his lungs I know COVID's out here running rampant. We, thank goodness, don't have it. Keith is in the basement isolated with it. Chris is isolated with it. And I know, you know, the lung damage, all of these things. So I worry about the vaping and the marijuana and what that 
has what it's doing to him physically mm-hmm. and mentally to his brain. So Kyle, um, as we wind down, I wanted to sort of get your reactions to what your parents just said. One, what your father's saying is he has these fears that you won't get there and you'll have regrets. And that your mom is saying that, you know, also talking about how you get there. And, and then, you know, we can take the, and we can, you know, if you feel comfortable, talk a little bit about the smoking and what impact you think that might have. Okay. Yeah, we definitely have had some conversations about like, with the, I probably, I should be working more. It's not even like a, a pressure thing. Like it's a, like I should be working more hours. In terms of the smoking and vaping and such, the, obviously the nicotine is not good for my lungs. So I'm, so I'm trying to, but it's just something that like, I don't know, I guess I do when I'm stressed, but also like I'm, I am addicted to it. I like, guess it's, it's more than just if I'm like when I'm stressed, like probably a few times throughout the day, I'll, I'll rip it. And in terms of weed, I just like to smoke weed sometimes. It's like de- decriminalized in Georgia. And I just, it's like relaxes me, I guess, a little bit. It's cre- like ups my creativity. And I don't necessarily see much wrong with weed. A lot of my friends, my, two of my friends have medicinal marijuana cars. Uh, so they get their stuff from dispensaries. It's not like I'm picking up from like street people. Mm-hmm. And and before we sort of start opening it up for questions, I'm want to just ask this: if you feel like that your parents' fears are just for not, like you you feel like you're on a path where you're making progress and moving to your goals. Yes, but like I I, I do acknowledge that I, I should be working more hours. Like it's I've been talking about to my parents about applying to jobs that have like less of a commute or commute to work mm-hmm. so I'm able just like to walk there I don't have to like take the metro every day and then walk more mm-hmm. and that would close your job and I could work a second job so if I'm working like 8 a.m to 8 p.m then I could work a second job and then wake up so we just it's just something I've been talking about with my parents like having mm-hmm. that like fill those extra hours with work and just, um, again, one last question. This is for real for Kyle. One last question is, I've always been curious about how you felt about the Sunrise Project since, Kel- since Kelly conceived it um, and, and di- how you felt about it, the attention and the focus. Like, I mean, I just, most boys would be horrified to have this kind of attention placed on them and have this project kind of center around your mom's sort of conceptualization of what you guys have gone through so I just wanted to like get your opinion about what you felt about the sunrise project and all the attention you know I like it a lot I like the intention of it it's uh I think it's a good safe space for people to go to and also I feel like I'm mature enough that I can talk to people about my story and then they'll learn from it it's not like I'm like just saying what I'm saying without any intention behind it behind it and I would also say that I, I'm very comfortable speaking in front of people in general. Like my friends and everyone I know, like knows a lot about my story and stuff I've been through. So I feel like in general, I'm, I'm open with it. Cause it's just like, I'd rather like there be nothing hidden about me. Like if someone knows me, like they know, like I, I've already made mistakes. Like I'm, I'm going to bring it up like 
pretty soon in a conversation if I if I know them mm-hmm. or, or in the first few times we talk if I know them I, I I'd rather I like when people know like I'm like not perfect because then it's like you're not expecting like it's not going to hit you as a surprise if I tell you I was oh I already dealt with this depression or, or I, I've gone through a similar thing like you already if you have something then you can just like come to me mm-hmm. if you're trying to talk again and, and, I, and I've already been open about it versus if I was like not open about it and someone's looking for someone to talk to you're not going to even know to talk to me about it or to want to talk to I just want to say thanks for your incredible generosity and you know throughout the talks I've always asked Kelly to check in with you about how you're feeling about all of this and you know it's always come back where you've been very open about using your name using your face and using your story and going through what you've gone through in the last five years I just say, um, my hat's off to you, son. I mean, I've known you since you were a baby. And, um, you know, I just can't say enough good things about you opening yourself up for this. And obviously, we feel like it's been a great help to the parents who listen on in terms of what they're doing with their children. And also, it says a lot about your parents, too, that they're making themselves open and not, uh, as we used to say, fronting. Uh, with uh, perpetrating that everything is perfect. I think the key there, I just want to acknowledge, is that word, it's acknowledging and also accepting the child that we have, who's a wonderful child with a beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. I wish he wouldn't smoke and I wish he didn't get high. That's my biggest mom-ism. I do, mm-hmm. I wish he didn't because I worry about his lungs and his health, you know, but he's going to, and he's told me he will. And uh, he has no intention of stopping. So the key with that is learning to accept it. That's that radical acceptance, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I now, we have a few minutes left. The questions are coming in. Many people have said, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. Do you feel the stigma of mental health? Not sure if that's for parents. Do you do you feel the stigma of talking about your issues uh, with regard to the depression and those issues, Kyle? Um, no, I'm I'm like fine talking about. I I think a lot of mm-hmm. the stigma around mental health, like not like not wanting to talk about. It, I think a lot of it's been like changing or like changed in like the past few years, especially like especially like like my like schools and stuff will try to emphasize it more now. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of like people, influencers and stuff that you may watch, try to put it on the forefront now. You see like athletes and such like starting to put forth and like take breaks from their respective sports. So it's just like people are start- starting to kind of, I feel like view it as more important, especially now than they used to. Uh, Do you think it's also generational? Like your generation is just more open generally? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I don't sometimes I don't like my generation nice too much but yeah for sure you mean that they're too much they're on in terms of mental health or what oh no no not, not in terms of mental I just mean like in terms of like TikTok and like all like the trends and stuff it's just too much but well, in terms of like us being like open to each other or being like I feel like I have a less judgmental generation for sure like in terms of other people like way more acceptance mm-hmm. i feel like like a lot of more people are open like being like themselves and like... can i can i add something dr mcgee so um 
one of the things that I wanted before I forgot, as we're talking about the Sunrise Project in general, is one of the things that we've discovered in doing this. And listen, I, I have to be the first to say I wasn't, I was real skeptical about being this open with the general populace. Now, I'm not a person who likes to front, as you say, but I also don't want to, you know, blast it out for everybody. Like, I, I still want to hold my cards fairly close close to the vest. But what we've realized in doing this is there's so many people in the same or similar circumstances that feel like they're by themselves. And this has been an amazingly eye-opening experience in that as you get to talk about some stuff that may be extremely personal where you feel like it's totally you out on your own. Because I know I was there are times where we we're like, we're out here by ourselves and nobody has this situation and can can relate. And is just the waves of comments and calls of people like, oh my God, I was dealing with this with my son and my daughter and I didn't know how to, you know, how to move in the world, who to talk to, feeling like I'm on my own. And especially in the advent of social media where everybody is always, you know, putting forth their best life on social media and making you feel like your life is is not whatever because nobody's going to say, hey, I woke up feeling terrible today. Let mm-hmm. me talk to you about it. They're going to say, hey, I had a great look at this, I woke up looking like this out of bed, I'm look, I'm in great shape or whatever, and then go back to depression or medicating, self, self-medicating self or whatever they do to get through their lives. But we realize there's so many people that have similar situations. And, you know, as African-Americans, historically have been like, we don't talk about mental illness. I got, I got a cousin who lives in the basement, but we don't talk about her. Because she's, you know, let's just act like everything else is good. The rest of my life is good. Don't talk about the girl in the basement. So that's mm-hmm. been sort of the mission here is to sort of just open a door to the basement. Let's go down and visit and talk to her, see what's going on, as opposed to act like it doesn't exist. Yeah, just that's so true. That. I think um, there are a couple of questions. I'm a mom of three, and all three struggle with various mental health issues. My son, in particular, battles with depression. He is in therapy and has an appointment with a psychiatrist. My question for Kelly is, how did you release the responsibility of fixing or making it better? And for Kyle, what did you need most from your parents in your journey? Sometimes I just don't know what to do. So the question for me, you know, it's a daily challenge and personal struggle. Those who know me well and many people who are experts on this call also know daily struggle, daily challenge. Um, But it really is this notion of radical acceptance and learning to have faith over fear that everything is going to be fine, that God has got him. I would, uh, she, she, I would say um, it probably helped like, that my mom was always there to check, even though like it's good also to give space if they're like, nah. Like, cause what I, does like, that mean? Because I don't always want, obviously, like if I'm sad, that doesn't mean I, I want someone to be there every time. Like Sometimes you just need like a PRT in therapeutic terms. Like, what is a PRT like, for people? Um, like personal reflection time. Mm-hmm. So you're saying check, but also give space? No, check. And then if the, I'm saying it's okay to check and be there to support, I'm saying if like they need space, like to also give space. To give space. Yeah. yeah. Don't be, don't be like, what's wrong? Keep asking what's wrong. If they're like, nah, not enough. They're not trying to talk. Right. So, like, in a lot of words, you're talking about Kyle, like what we do, you want your parents to be back there when you look <laughs> and to sometimes ask but to not be in the face all the time. Yeah, yeah, just answer your, your, your question. Right, I think that's right. And to show we care, we care mm-hmm. deeply, but um, 
I'm trying to also, I'm learning to protect my peace. I'm still not great at that. I still, mm-hmm. as Kyle knows, still have my moments where I get very upset about certain things. But it's one day at a time. And it's really faith over fear. That's been the biggest thing, having faith over fear that something's going to happen to him. Like having very strong faith. That's been the biggest thing, I think. Um, I'm going to take this last question about um, son broke up with his girlfriend, now has COVID and is going through depression. I'm scared for him. What should I do? I would bring up the notion of getting some help and some support. Um, And that likely will be over telehealth. But first, you have to deal with the physical condition of COVID, helping getting him well from that um, over hopefully the short term. But I will reach out to therapists and see if he would be willing to talk to someone over telehealth. And also looking through, depending on the length of the depression, looking at um, even some medical and medication solutions. So I think like the key would be getting him help because right now, what people are going through is two years of fatigue through all of this. So on top of everything, he now has COVID. So um, to try to get as much outside support, if he won't go to a therapist to see if you can employ friends, coaches, ex-teachers, whatever, to bring the support in around him. Kyle wants to say something to that as well. I was going to say also, also that I can sympathize. Like if, if I lost my girlfriend right now, like, I would be really, really sad. So mm-hmm. that's just like a, I'm sure they were, I don't know how close they were, but I'm sure they were close. Like that's, I'm sorry. I, I, I can get that it can be a lot to go through for sure. Yeah. It is a lot on top of a year and a half of a lot. You're so right, Kyle. Kelly, there was yeah. a- There's one last question. I just want to say there's a person that wrote expectations and past life triggers are always at the forefront of my own parental journey. Are there tools across different life stages we should be aware of? raising black boys in this generation is so different than how we were raised. The economics of it all really end up being about what you can afford to do for your child at any point. That's interesting. I actually don't think it's about economics. I'd love to hear Kyle's perspective on this. I don't think it's about economics. I think at the end of the day, what kids need at any economic level is just love, peer love and time, quality time. And, um, that's it to feel like they're being heard and being heard kyle did you want to say something i I was gonna say um i I can get it because a lot of times in our generation like especially like you got people comparing like likes and stuff people comparing like the clothes and stuff they're wearing like other like looking at other people's instagram that instagram literally had to take away the number of likes on people's posts or at least give them an option because people compare so much like snapchat has things where like the colors of the Snapchats are red. Like they do stuff like that for like purposeful. So your brain registers it as important. It's like, like we got people comparing grades, comparing like what ways you go for vacation, asking like type of cars you drive, seeing what type of car you drive. Like that's so cool or not commenting on it. And it's, it's two different things. We got people asking what shoes you wear. Yeah, I can definitely see you in terms of economics. Like I, I, me personally, at least, like, because people just be comparing everything. Like, there we got cancel culture. We got people comparing, like, worrying about celebrities that have nothing to do with them. It's just like, a, I, I can see. Yeah. People worry about stuff they can't so, control. I was gonna say the thing about that is, it's like bullying and and that type of thing is is existed forever. The challenge is now with social media is way more your face. 
um, of people comparing and and um, bullying on on you know certain levels and and so forth. All those things have been there, but it's a lot more. It's exponentially worse because of social media, and you can immediately see what somebody else is doing or they can affect your state of being and, and your feeling of worth about yourself just by going on a computer or a cell phone and typing something, a like or dislike or some comment. Mm -hmm. Kelly, um, I, I'm going to hand it back to you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate everybody being here um, this morning, especially Kyle. Thank you for being here this morning and honor your commitment to do this. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it. And everybody has said how great um, you have been in terms of being vulnerable and sharing. So I appreciate that so much. Dr. Linda, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for all the guests that are here. So with that, we will turn it over to Kelly Chapman for our closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you acknowledging and thanking you for the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us your only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And today we thank you again for our sunrise son, Kyle. We thank you that he is allowing his life to be used for a purpose, to help parents better understand their children as they continue to grow and matriculate through life. We thank you, Lord, for using Kyle and giving him a spirit of transparency. Your word says, open up before God, keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. And we thank you that Kyle's life is validated. He matters and we look forward with great expectation to see the fulfillment of your purpose in his life. And Lord, now we place all of the families who are struggling with their children before your throne of grace. We understand that many parents may have put an enormous amount of pressure and expectations on their children. And we as parents may feel a sense of disappointment, disappointment that our family structure didn't work out, disappointment that our marriage didn't work out, disappointment that we never got married, disappointment that we don't have family dinners at 6 p.m. every evening, disappointment that we don't fellowship on a regular basis, disappointment that our kid may or may not graduate on time or go to college, disappointment that our child struggles with mental wellness or addiction and feeling helpless to fix it. But today, Lord, allow the words of this young man to give us insight and perspective that can guide our conversations and decisions. Help us as parents to, like the Lawsons, have honest conversations about what is going on. Your word said, when I finally saw my own lies, I opened up to my sins before you, and I did not try to hide my evil deeds from you. I said to myself, I'll admit all my sins to the eternal. And you lifted and carried away the guilt of my sin. So let all who are devoted to you speak honestly to you now while you are still listening. For then when the floods came, surely the rushing water will not even reach them. You are my hiding place. You will keep me out of trouble and envelop me with songs that remind me I am free. Help us to walk in forgiveness with one another, with our family members, with those in our household. Help us to be vulnerable, season our words with salt, and come together in restoration and peace. Help us to better understand the desires of each other's heart and become a vessel, not a blocker. Give us the tools to be able to help our children pursue their passions and be understanding as that passion may change over time. And most importantly, casting all our anxieties on you because you care for us. And we thank you for authenticity of community of the Sunrise Project. You said in your word, do you want to stand out? 
then step down, be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. So we give you thanks and praise in it for it all, Lord. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Kelly. Thank you so much for that. Thank you again, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Kyle. Love you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Have a beautiful, blessed week, everybody, and a beautiful day. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at nami.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big.